Hello and welcome back to the Greek and Turkish Dialogue podcast series entitled Issues That Matter. This podcast series is brought to you by the generous support of Friedrich Naumann Foundation. My name is Eylem Yanardaoğlu. I'm an associate professor at Kadirhas University in Istanbul. But I'm also a visiting academic at Pantheon University Department of Communication, Media and Culture. Also a fellow at Hellenic Foundation for European Foreign Policy, Eliameps Turkey Program in Athens. I'm going to be your host for this episode. Today I have with me two good colleagues as my guests who are experts in digital media, innovation and marketing. And they are also expert podcasters. Uh, so we gather here uh, to talk about the startup culture and digital media innovation in Greece and Turkey. I'm very happy to have here with, with us Betty Chakarestu, who is an associate professor and head of advertising and public relations lab at the Department of Communication, Media and Culture at Pantheon. Uh, Betty's work is focusing on strategic branding, public relations on mobile and social media, digital innovation, digital storytelling, among many things. Uh, she will tell us more, I'm sure. Uh, also here with us uh, today is Aykut Ibrishim, who is a co-founder in many different digital media startups and companies wearing different hats, like Olmaz Media, Podfresh, Kodlyorus. I'm sure he will also... Tell us more about this sort of first podcast network uh, in Turkey. He also has uh, more than 20 years of experience in internet business, digital marketing, among other things. Uh, also an expert in marketing and digital media. So a very warm welcome to you both. I'd like us to start with uh, perhaps to define, you know, what we mean by a startup culture because it's uh, like a buzzword recently. So let's uh, clarify maybe for our listeners what this means. Betty, you want to go ahead? A startup culture, we have, uh, from my perspective, two paths to approach it. The one and the most important one is how we cultivate a startup mindset and culture for a full spectrum of uh, actors, innovators from different uh, sectors in society and economy. So the one thing is how we cultivate a startup culture, innovation culture, a culture that is focusing on addressing real challenges and issues by developing innovative responses and solutions as experiments to be tested. The other path is focusing inside the organization itself. Let's say we have a startup or an innovating big company. How we create an organizational startup culture in order to be able to think and act and operate in innovative ways, meaning creating a value system, having an open communication system, having a user-centric approach, bringing together all the actors and stakeholders that can collaborate into finding and building this solution. So the one thing is like the system. The other part is when we are talking about the organizational culture of a startup company or organization or a big organization with innovating culture. Thank you, Betty. I could, um, so it's definitely a different way of doing business. Uh, what can you tell us about yeah. uh, startup culture and innovation in media businesses? First of all, thank you for uh, having, having me here. Uh, it's great to be here with uh, two professional folks here and, and love to share a couple of ideas here. 
how I just define startup culture is trying to find a different ways, approach the, the problems with a different angle by coming up together with you know bright minds instead of using the same techniques, same ways, uh, following the old paths, but uh, instead of that, trying to come up with and find a, a dynamic way of approaching the problems by just you know, uh, systematically approaching and, and, and seeing the analytical way and, you know, seeing the improvements, following the tracks so that every day uh, improving yourself and the, uh, the, the following the goal. So I think it's the, the, the best approach for me. But I know that in the meantime, usually in the United States, everybody's talking about the, hey, break things and, you know, uh, solve it later or just deal with the, in the regulations later. But instead of that, uh, I just always just approach the startup culture as innovating, coming up together with bright minds and trying to innovate something and look at things differently so that we can track and improve things day by day. I would say yes, that I completely agree. I completely agree with uh, Ayfut. Thank because you. I think, well, I think that this, uh, this uh, the, the most important thing, I think, in the innovation thing is that you, you bring together different minds, different people from different angles. That's at some point, they share the same vision or the same values about, even they define in similar ways uh, the talents ahead. And then they try to ask better questions by collaborating and also by collaborating with, let's say, the users or the beneficiaries or whoever might we used to call them audience or customers or whatever. And I think this humble idea that no one is the expert in the room, but we are really caretakers of an issue. <laughs> this uh, is what um, is the invitation and creates the room for innovation and to start something together. And I know this idea of break something and start something is still valid today because this idea that let's break everything and build everything from scratch, I think it sounds now, you know, a, a little bit romantic. But sometimes it's becoming uh, with a lot of externalities. I mean, comes with a lot of issues. So I think it might be very simplistic. So it's like, let's ask yeah. better questions of what we can improve or maybe what we can break, but not yeah. just the yeah. model. Let's break everything and let's start over. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And as you just mentioned, I think, the other, the other part of the startup culture is you just mentioned in the first part is really important. There are two you just mentioned, the startups culture and the startup culture. And I think the, the hardest part is always for a, a startup or a, a team or, or a you know, person in the startup is how we can define the startups culture when we are working together as a, as a collaboration. Because everybody comes from the, the old style. And when you just join a startup, everything is breaking down because it's always hard to combine everything and collaborate people because everybody's thinking that I have to be better. But in the meantime, startups want you to collaborate instead of individualistic you know, opportunities. We have to find an opportunity for all together for the company and the rest of the world. I think this is the hardest part for you know, simple startups when they just start. And I would like yes. to add something to that, uh, if I may, element. I could, it's, sure. Which is very, very element, elementary. It's not, uh, you know, uh, something new. But it's important uh, for the listeners. I think it, the, the core thing is how we create value. So, because all startups, I mean, the simplest compass they start with is what is the value I'm creating? 
for whom, and with what and who are the partners for that. Actually, we're looking for solutions that can be really new responses to old or um, new uh, challenges and issues. And this is really the the main play field that we try to work on. Actually, what you say about innovation and uh, finding new solutions, maybe old issues and, you know, how to work with the old systems brings to my mind maybe situation in both our countries, a lot of bureaucracy maybe or, you know, um, paperwork, you want to call it. And, and I want to sort of steer the discussion now to what is happening specifically in Greece and Turkey, how, you know, these new business models, this new mentality of the startups with more collaboration and innovative thinking and um, how does it work? What kind of uh, business environment there is in, you know, in Greece and Turkey, if we want to sort of get more specific about it? Betty? I would say that in Greece, there has been a rise, I would say, uh, like a golden era for uh, a startup culture and startups. Actually making a breakthrough early in 2010, when Greece was mainly associated with uh, you know, uh, a financial crisis or uh, financial hurdles. And uh, that was... During that era were the very first steps, but very specific and very strategic to enable a startup ecosystem through funding, through uh, education, through mentorship and so on. I would say the, the most important development starts about in 2017 when we have new funding systems uh, and schemes in Greece, like a digital Equifund that actually uh, under the umbrella of Equifund, we have, I think, six or seven VCs. And at the same time, at the governmental level, not just this government, but also the previous government, there has been a lot of effort to, to provide uh, the infrastructure, legal tax-related, providing incentives, creating uh, innovation and digital centers to support the startup ecosystem to grow. Also today, at least, I mean, the past two, three years to connect research researchers, universities uh, with the startup ecosystem as part of the startup and innovation ecosystem. So I think now we have some, let's say, aspirations to be like a startup nation ourselves. An emerging one, I think Greece just uh, showed up on this kind of rankings as an emerging uh, startup ecosystem, having the first exits. And and uh, as I've mentioned uh, in our private uh, discussion, for example, uh, let's take the example of universities like mine, like every every university in Greece. Now we have we are running EU funded programs to connect our research with uh, startup innovation, spin-offs, digital innovation, and to enable both a culture and outcomes. So, uh, And this is supported by government and EU funds. So there is a great push towards this uh, direction. And I think that uh, the, the, the startup culture is a way of, as I said before, is a way of being reflective, thinking, curious of asking questions, exploring new possibilities for the present and the future as well, to imagine 
and also test your ideas of what this might, uh, brighter or more a better future might be in any aspect we are talking about. Either is audio innovation or is sustainable innovation or is uh, health, whatever is the sector. And I think this is the, the, the major change of mindset, not only in the startup ecosystem, but most importantly, among governments, among funding institutions, banks now are at, you know, in the front line of supporting innovation through their programs, through their own incubators, through their own startup competitions. There are, so there's a lot of, uh, I would say, in the field. Everyone now is jumping on this uh, new platform for innovation and supporting it. Yes, thank you. I could, you also have experience in, in Turkey and uh, abroad, you know, in, in corporate uh, environments, in startup environments. What is the situation in Turkey? What can you say? So despite the global economic situation, so we all are aware of right now, uh, every country having some uh, troubles in the economical uh, situation right now. When we look at the third quarter reports in Turkey for uh, startup business and especially the investment round, um, Turkey seems to be uh, doing good this year, especially this year in this round. Um, I'm just looking at the numbers in uh, this year, in the first nine months, we had uh, more than 20, uh, 200 uh, investment grants here in Turkey and almost like $1.4 billion investment just made to startups, uh, different uh, scales. So I know the number is, you know, when you compare to the United States or, you know, England and London and, and, and uh, Brits, it's smaller. But right now, uh, Turkey is ranking number uh, 69 in all over the world and trying to do their best. But probably after this year, I'm expecting as an individual entrepreneur uh, with my colleagues, I'm expecting some more troubles to come. Uh, I know that all around the world, every investors and equity fund is just uh, just trying to shut down their investments. But last year, we were a little bit lucky to get here. One of the biggest companies in the marketplace, online marketplace, uh, made a huge round. And they're just right now a billion-dollar unicorn. We have two unicorns. So they're just improving the numbers and rankings. Uh, but again, when you look at the individuals and the startups uh, and the universities and the colleges, uh, I'm just coming from the, another class right now in Federation University in Growtaking and Nivino, uh, as you just, you know, the, the class too. So uh, the, the students are really opportunistic and they know that the way out is always just try to improve their startup ideas. And they feel like um, being an entrepreneur and coming up with new ideas is always just a huge opportunity, especially in this economical and political environment right now. So um, I think two different things are just combined right now. Uh, the, the youth is just thinking about there is no way out for them. And the being an entrepreneur and being open to global world is just giving them extra opportunities so that they ha they don't have to start in any kind of uh, you know, country or city. They have to right now. And the other thing is uh, they have the the, uh, the 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 feeling of being competition, being in competition all over the world. So I think they give them a power with the startup mindset. But the problem with that is everybody thinks in, 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 in Turkey right now that it is easy. But being in a global world, being in competition with every kind of startups in all over the world, not just the States, not just China, 
India, Greece, and the other ones, and, the, and Greek and Saudi Arabia, everybody is competing with each other right now. Even if you have the best idea, the idea doesn't matter anymore. Uh, so I think this is the, the biggest, biggest problem. And the, the, the money is just getting shrinking and shrinking. There's no much money anymore in the world, in the investment world. So I think they have to be more creative. They have to more competition-wise better. Uh, it is getting a little bit tougher right now for startup founders if they don't have the uh, right amount of teams and uh, innovation ideas and the uh, investment-wise securely companies right now. Yes, I think what you both said in terms of young people and uh, you know what they get uh, during their university education is, is a key point. I see that in both uh, countries, m- more incubators are placed in uh, accelerators, maybe in universities. You know, this sort of uh, the academic culture is trying to support uh, the startup culture, but like you say, there is a challenge because uh, young people are um, maybe thinking, you know, how they are going to um, get into employment after they graduate. Uh, And given the global economic problems, uh, this is a very important point. So what is the way out in a way in this kind of climate for entrepreneurs? Because uh, in our previous episodes, I hosted uh, entrepreneurs from uh, Greece and Turkey, and we talked about, you know, sustainable development and uh, social entrepreneurship. And in this sort of difficult economic times globally in Europe, outside Europe, everywhere. How can, you know, the startup mindset, let's say, be a way uh, forward, a solution in this sort of um, challenged environment? If I may say something first, as, a, as a also a social entrepreneur too, because one of my first, uh, now after I just uh, quit my job in, in a corporate world, uh, while I was just living in the United States, I just co-founded another a social uh, startup, which is thinking about how we can improve the coding skills of Turkish youth, which uh, don't have any kind of, you know, opportunities, no schools, no money, no support from any, you know, government or family. So every year we are just trying to educate more than 4,000 young, you know, uh, entrepreneurs, wannabe entrepreneurs all over the Turkey right now and try to uh, land them into a job, either in Turkey, especially in Turkey, but if it's possible, maybe in other countries too. So uh, every year we, we need more than 1.5 million new coders in Turkey. I think we are not alone to. Uh, and other countries also need these, you know, skilled coders. Uh, I know that the, knowing coding language is not the solution, but in the meantime, uh, everything is just by just doing by just coding. So the, the thing is how we can improve and make, you know, young entrepreneurs collaborate is just bad dimension. It can be either just coding, it can be just marketing, but it can be in a various ways by just building something in their cities, in their neighborhoods. So with that, I think it's the only solution. It also improve their, you know, the, 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 the feeling of security, the feeling of uh, the identity to their neighborhoods, their friends, their colleagues, and the others. In, because we have another problems, as you just you know, know uh, everybody is just start coming up with hating others in, in these countries right now with the political issues. So I think there has to be one, one thing that you can combine everybody, uh, bring everybody in, 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 in and believing in some ideas and building something, providing something. So I think we are trying to do collaboration with those kind of social entrepreneurs and teams. 
so we can build something and make uh, all these young people uh, believe themselves so that they can say that I can do something, I can build something and I can help others when I just learn something. I think this is the way out for every country, every young entrepreneur to give back to their you know, young people so that we can build something better, I guess. Instead of building you know, high billion dollar unicorns for ourselves, uh, giving back is the most important thing in a sustainable way, I guess. Yes, Betty, I think uh, I could uh, make a very good point in, uh, you know, digital skills and uh, helping young people or our students or disadvantaged groups to have more digital skills. Um, What is your opinion on this? I would say that, of course, I agree that uh, we all try, I mean, internationally, not only in our countries, to to provide uh, uh, new skills digital, immersive, soft skills, leadership skills. And uh, I think this skills-based approach is one, is a path that we should keep going. At the same time, I say that this is not enough. It's not the solution on its own um, right. Why? Because the, the issues that matter, the challenges that actually are giving the stuff, the first stuff, uh, for asking entrepreneurial and creative, asking for entrepreneurial and creative uh, solutions, along with teams and partners and funders and so on, also need uh, to 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 have to to to, uh, to be able to study and explore the complexities of the issues that we have to deal yeah. with. Yeah. Mm? Yeah. So it's it's. It might be very fun, for example, to say that, okay, I have an entertainment startup about audio and let's give the opportunity everyone to have their voice, to host audio events. This is great and in response, let's say, or answers actually, this idea to give, uh, to give people voice to creators and emerging creators. At the same time, this is... Actually, what is uh, that concerns me more and more the, the past few years is what happens if this nice startup platform that we are providing is is hijacked by other agendas that have we more. Just, so, hmm? okay. <laughs> which we already uh, saw a couple of times. <laughs> that happens a couple of times. What happens if it is their agenda, the platform is hijacked and is diverted, let's say, into becoming a, politi- a political polarized platform and people don't realize but still they can operate as they operate and i think that one key element for the entrepreneurs united world (laughs) is that we need first and foremost to be able to be ongoing educated informed to to be thinkers I think entrepreneurs at the same time are public intellectuals in many ways because they intervene uh, through their own enterprises on public issues, public policies. Uh, They become members of uh, more complex ecosystems where governments, intergovernmental organizations, policymakers, digital world, communicators, everyone is involved. So it's not providing just a solution, a pop-up solution a helicopter solution from a one perspective. So we need to learn how we can really start uh, discussing and understanding and exploring the new issues. And having in mind that sometimes the way out is that we still should be humble 
even if we are a huge exit or a unicorn or whatever, we should be humble from the hybrids that we have never conquered the world. So going back to ecosystems is, to me, as I say always, it takes an ecosystem to go to explore and test different solutions and approaches to the same question, to the same, let's say, business opportunity, to the same creative space we're opening. So I think that that's why we join forces, governments, researchers, tech people, digital people, creative people, policymakers, NGOs. Even NGOs are operating now like startups. I mean, the startup culture is permeating uh, all different kinds of sectors. If you go to NGOs, they take entrepreneurial education and mindset at the same time. Go to big companies, the same. Go to governments, the same. Go to universities, the same. Even the big companies, they are introducing entrepreneurial programs for their employees. So if they want to innovate from inside out, not just only to be disrupted by external innovators. Now, the the idea that we should innovate or have an entrepreneurial culture and mindset is also changing from inside the incumbents, the, the, the established, let's call them established organizations culture. And this is the most interesting thing that is happening right now, that everyone is on board. <laughs> yeah, it's like a big tsunami right now. <laughs> Um, yes, you highlighted some of the, you know, like opportunities and the challenges in in this uh, in this environment. But you mentioned Betty about um, platforms and you know innovation in media, um, which brings me to my last question uh, uh, because I'm trying to be careful with time as well. Um, although our debate is really going um, very well. And what about, um, for instance, in this uh, environment, um, innovation in the digital media? What sort of, uh, you know, what's the avenue of uh, growth uh, for digital media? Maybe podcast is one example that comes to my mind immediately, uh, which is um, making a place for itself. Uh, So that would be my final question to you both. Uh, before we close our nice discussion here. Okay, I'll, I'll go first then. Thank you. Um, so, yeah, yeah I think uh, the, the, the podcasting industry used to be before the Spotify era, let's market before Spotify and after Spotify investment. So the, the podcasting environment used to be growing every year 20% uh, for like past 20 years. Uh, it was more like, Universities were using it, you know, companies are using, amateurs were using it, especially communicate their needs. It was good. We love that. And we were just consuming all the great data that everybody is pulling up together as an as a audio source. But after Spotify's challenges with the, the, the companies like Sony and EMI and the other licensing companies, they need a way out. And the, the startup culture and growth tech culture always just finds a way out. And they saw that there's a big opportunity if they just invested in, in the audio business as a podcasters. So it's a free, it's a free tool for them. Everybody is, you know, uh, creating the content for them. They don't have to pay anything. In the meantime, they're earning the money with the advertisement dollars. But in the meantime, that move changed all the industries. Right now, for the past two years, with the COVID, uh, COVID era affects everything. It, it skyrocketed every country. Uh, the, the, the consumption, the creation, the content creation and everything. And in the meantime, 
every startups, every investors try to invest money to the audio business. But if you just go back to why it matters, uh, not just the, you know, all these dollars and euros, um, it is audio. It is it, nobody is between with this headset and, and, and you. You are just listening to raw feelings. And it's always so hard for uh, trick any kind of people with the raw voice. So voice is important. We just hear the voice when we are just in the, in the, in the mother's tombs. We, we start the life with the voice and audio. And, and that is so compelling for every kind of company, every kind of person for the brands and identity building. And right now, the, with the COVID effects, everybody tries to find a different approach to their marketing needs. In the meantime, cheaper ones, of course, because uh, the, the audio space is still cheap when you compare with the, 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 the Google world, the web world, the app world, it is way cheaper than everything right now. And when everybody is sitting at down with the COVID lockdowns, it was the only option for companies to market themselves. Uh, when you just look at the YouTube and the crowded web space, it is expensive. It is so crowded. It, you are not alone. So everybody wants to take a bite from the audio world. Still, nobody knows how to do it exactly. They are just trying to find a way out. And right now, we are working together more than uh, 405 different uh, podcast creators and more than 35 different brands in Turkey. Most of them are global. Uh, the rest of them is just uh, working in, in Turkey. And everybody, is, every company is investing more uh, percentages of their marketing shares to the audio world. As long as the audio world is audio branding is improving right now. So it's an exciting world for, especially for the B2B marketing. Uh, so we, we see some huge change. In the meantime, the amateur world is pretty exciting. We know, uh, you know, popular, you know, podcasters, but, uh, every day, every month, uh, brands are deep diving into that and learning better techniques and improving their, their marketing strategies. So I think in the next couple of years, we're going to see a, a huge change in the business. Uh, more big companies, global companies are stepping in and changing this, uh, the area. It is a good news for startups uh, and the, the, the audio creators. But in the meantime, it is not a good time for amateur creators, uh, small creators, because the big companies are going to change the despair a lot, I guess. So there will be like a, maybe a competition with more innovative, but more sort of small or independent uh, works with uh, uh, with the big companies and how yeah. they want to yeah. steer it. Yeah, yeah. Even, even, you know, the, we can call the Apple the, 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 the big ship in the game, but uh, when Spotify just enter. Even Spotify just, you know, killed Apple in the game. Right now, almost like 85% of Turkish listeners are just listening their podcast to Spotify. So in the meantime, Spotify buying every competition, every small company. So it is just growing and growing, but we'll see what's going to happen. It's, it's, I, I, as an entrepreneur, I always like these kind of challenges because these kind of challenges always makes you think about a different way and you can find a better opportunities, but it is getting tougher and tougher, of course. Yes. Um, Betty, what can you say about uh, the innovation in digital media, especially, you know, the sound? I can say, first of all, that, that most people, I mean, at least in Greece, when they try to discuss audio innovation or including audio and radio or any other aspect, of course, everyone now is is focusing about podcasting and podcasters because this is the most concrete idea or Spotify what audio innovation might be. Consider as media, of course, even audio assistants, the types of Alexa, or other AI 
tech-driven audio solutions that might provide services, let's say audio services, to uh, to blind people. I mean, to I mean services that are supporting different needs that are, are not just entertainment or media as we used to call them. So the idea of what we call audio innovation in terms of digital media is not just the media we call them as communicators or people from media sector or uh, uh, journalism or all these uh, interconnected fields. So, and I think that innovation uh, around audio starts with what I could say, that the audio is our very first experience with life. And let's start with that. And this is the starting point to for all kinds of innovators by employing knowledge, different knowledges, along with technologies, emerging and emerging technologies. They might ask new questions. So what this primal voice might mean, for example, to create sound solutions for cities to becoming a more inclusive with the so-called soundscapes. This is what how can I use sound solutions, for example, to provide really engaged and immersive experiences with what happens with the wonders under the soil. Those are not just examples out of my head. I have seen this kind of developments in startups 10 years ago in Paris. Audio solutions that are connecting the the waters and the water infrastructure and what it means for life in cities. So the idea, are those media, in in my understanding so far, now those are media as well because they are mediating our uh, experience and our interconnections with issues that matter, with communities and people, societies. I don't want just to talk about communities. It's another issue I have. Because I think that this idea that we are super focusing on communities and we don't so much talk about societies, I think without without realizing, somehow we're reinforcing a little bit this tribal thinking, one community versus the other versus the other. This is another issue, let's say, how we bring back the societies together, not just the, 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 the tribal communities, that they compete one against the other in their needs, in their priorities, and so on. Those, I mean, that, those are real issues for innovators, including audio and sound innovators, is how you connect, again, the disconnected communities that they think that they have all the rights on their side because their history, their struggles validate uh, their, uh, let's say, <laughs> their pain to not to, to take an advantage I'm actually going to uh, stop you right there, Betty, uh, because you you took us to a very good point in in the closing up of the nice discussion. How can we bring back societies together, especially maybe societies like Greece and Turkey, which had maybe some problems, um, historical events, difficult uh, periods. Uh, But uh, I think the vital question here is, like you say, through this... uh, you know, the sort of startup mentalities, this new way of thinking, this new way of doing businesses and looking at innovation. How can we bring societies and this kind of uh, approaches 
together. So maybe I'll, I better leave here our listeners with this question that, you know, what can we do uh, to bring uh, societies uh, together again to collaborate with each other? Thank you very much, both of you, for joining us for the Issues That Matter podcast series. I really enjoyed our conversation and I hope we meet again sometime very soon. Thank you so much for having us. It was thank beautiful you. to chat. And thank you. Thank you very much. It was a pleasure to, to discuss with you, Ayla. And I could, uh, looking forward to, to meet you in person. <laughs> yes. Same, same, same here, Betty. Thank you so yes. much. It was yes. mind-opening. Thank sure. you. Thanks a lot. Thank you.